Designer Jetta Khan has and will always march to the beat of his own drum. He is a dear friend and one of the first independent Black designers that I met who was self-sustaining, a property owner in New York, wow, and someone who knew every square inch of the garment district like the back of his own hand. He's a rare talent with a dynamic personality and several opinions. This is a conversation you won't want to miss. Hello and welcome Jetta Khan to a fashion moment. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good in yourself. Um, I am thrilled to be talking to you. You know, this episode is going to drop during Black History Month in February, but also, <laughs> but also, yeah. you know, this is the time when New York Fashion Week comes back and the collections, hopefully, we'll see uh, what kind of uh, hybrid, <laughs> if, if people yeah, are actually going to do runway shows or not. So it'll be really, really interesting. But you're currently in New York, correct? Absolutely. You said absolutely. I love that. I love that. So, you know, you are one of my favorite designers, period, not just because of your talent, but because of the amazing person that you are. And just, I mean, you're just freaking brilliant. So I'm so excited to have you on the show to just like delve into all of the pieces that make Jetta Khan. So thank you. Let's start from the beginning, my friend. What was it like growing up in Baltimore? And where did your love for fashion come from? Baltimore is such a magical city. Unfortunately, the only thing that you see from Baltimore is the negative um, violence, like... Um, like The Wire? <laughs> <laughs> like Baltimore, yeah. The Wire. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, like The Wire in the corner. Yes, like that's the only thing that is publicized. Um but what a lot of people don't know is that Baltimore has a huge history of black excellence in art. Wow. Um, it is uh, one of the hub cities, like the main hub cities on the East Coast. So throughout the 19th century, like entertainers, um, as they were traveling from the South to the North, they stopped into Baltimore and into D.C. as the main stops, like, for entertainment. Um, so because of that history um, throughout the years, Baltimore became, like, a little big city for Black excellence. Um, wow. And which have stayed, um, it has never left. 
uh they have like one of like the biggest like art cuisine um like with food scenes they have one of the biggest um like galleries and, and art scenes like um for black talents um today um they have like the most art museums in the three mile radius i think like number two in the country wow um like a lot of people don't know this so me growing up in that culture um was really really inspiring it was it was always something creative to do if it was into dance if it was in you know the arts um it, it was it was just so many things to do growing up. It was such a, a fun city. Um, now, now let's go ahead and just segue. So, how did I get into fashion? Or just um, like, is that's, it something you, that's always been with you, or was it something that progressed over time? Um, well, it, it's it's blood. So mm. yeah, I was born into it. Um, my great grandmother was a dressmaker and taught my grandmother and her sisters and they were dressmakers and and my mother and my uncle picked up the trade my mother was a dressmaker my uncle was a tailor and then i learned from her wow so just as uh, a child um growing up and i didn't think of it as you know this is what i was learning this is what i want to be i want to grow up to be this does not know it was just like a part of life so for me like helping my mother was a chore. <laughs> like, yeah. That was a way. <laughs> Put those buttons on. <laughs> Redo that sequin. <laughs> that was how, like, to make some extra money. She's like, if you cut out, you know. <laughs> oh, so you were pattern making. You're like, like your, your whole life, basically. <laughs> yeah, but little did I know that those little things, like those treasures, like you know, really came into like jewels. You know, like those were the blueprints. It, it, it never, like growing up, like I was so many, I was into so many things. I was a very active child. Um, fashion was never one of the things like, well, oh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to create. I'm No, it really <laughs> was not like that. It was literally just like, basically like the kids who grow up that parents that own like um, a convenience store or a data store, like mm-hmm. they grow up because you just have to do it because that's just a part of the business. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. So that, yeah, so it happened like that for me. And then when I got into high school, like I told you, Baltimore is about uh, the creative place. We have um, fashion show clubs in high what? school. <laughs> See, people don't have these type of things. <laughs> but in Baltimore, every high school has a fashion club and then you produce the seniors direct the show and they produce um the show and you have scenes and you have to create outfits you know um get outfits you know um based upon the theme of the scenes and then you have a show and like the whole school comes and then it's a big competition um because schools compete against one another who will produce the best fashion show like each school actually has like a name of their fashion club um Yes, my high school, my, it was called Retro Models. Like, that's Stop. the name of our fashion club. Yes, like, the most iconic school in Baltimore City, um, they are called um, uh, oh, Fashionettes. The Fashionettes. And, yes, they're called the Fashionettes, and that's Western High School. That is the only 
all school, I mean, um, all female, all I mean, women, you know, black school in the country. The only one. Wow. The only one. And they have a, histor- uh, a historical um, fashion group called the Fashion Net. Like, literally, like, they, like, choose the, 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 the president, like, every year who's going to be next. Like, you have to go through, like, model school courses, everything. It's wow. called the Fashion Net. Like one of the other bigger clubs is, is City High School, which is another historical black um, high school in the country. And theirs is called Catwalk Model. Yes. Stop. So this is a big, so that's why I said like people have no idea how creative. <laughs> no, this is amazing. So, <laughs> this is great so, information. Yeah. You're schooling us. So in um, my house, I was the president of my fashion club, of course. Of course. And, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> hmm. um and i was actually like i broke one of like one of the records i i was like one of the only juniors that actually have like a scene and a senior show so the year before yeah one of their um board members dropped off last minute and one of their scenes was missing so they you know put it up for grabs like a competition who have to come up with the best idea and I was, as a junior, I had, like, the, the best idea. And at that time, the scene that I came up with with another fellow classmate, it was called Elements. And, and it was about, like, earth, wind, fire. Yeah, what? Yes. Ah, oh, I love it. Are there any photos? Because I would love to see that. Uh, no, no. You're Pick make them up. Dick, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ooh, but, in the show notes. But uh, I guess <laughs> not. No, I love yes, this. But, so yeah, so so that's how that happened in in high school, um, because you know I, I was very fashionable, stylish in in high school. Like it just went hand in hand, of course, because of my background. And then I was just really, really into street fashion at the time. You know, hip hop was just big. And then you were just wearing all the designer names. Like in my high school, we wore all designer names. Um, oh and uh, so yeah, it 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 really was like rap city. You know, like MTV. (laughs) 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 Yeah, but but yeah, and and Versace and Chanel. (laughs) Oh, you're like no, no, Versace and Chanel. (laughs) And like Iceberg, like if they was wearing, we were wearing Iceberg. Like Iceberg. (laughs) Ooh, I remember that. Tried to get my hands on that. Lord, didn't work out, but it's all good. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, so that was like more like a transition, like getting me ready. And then what happened was that I was going to Morehouse and um, I wanted to be um, an architect um, engineer. That's what I I wanted to go to school for. Yeah. um, And like I told you before, I'd never seen fashion as a career. It was just something that I did. Wow. Um, Yeah. So, But you're so good at it, Jetta. You're so good. I, I, I know, but like it, it never like was, and I guess because it was always like a mom and pop business in my family, like everybody had yeah. full careers and it was a side thing. So I never knew like the business full blown. Um, so what tip, like what tip the pot where you're just like, you know what? This oh, is- so that's what I was getting ready to get ready to tell you. So yes, I was going to school for Morehouse and last minute. Uh, my financial aid fell through. Something happened. You know how it just Really, happened. Morehouse? Uh-uh. Nope. Yeah. 
and and I'm, I'm and when I say last minute, I'm I'm really talking about like I graduated and like at the end, beginning of June, like I, I was already accepted and everything, and then beginning of wow. June, then they send me like financial. Yes, one of my friends were going to was one of my close friends at the time, dear friend Aisha Bellamy. She was going to a private session institute in Atlanta called Bar, and she said to me, she was like, "Well, hey, listen, this school is in Atlanta. It's very easy to get in." You should just come to this school for a semester. If you don't like the school, you can just transfer and go to Morehouse because you will already be in Atlanta. So at least, because mm. the whole point is I did not want to miss a semester because usually people that hold off school, they never go. Yeah. So I told her, I was like, well, she was like, come on, it's going to be fun. Like, I'm going to be there. It's a couple other friends that was coming to Atlanta, you know, from my high school. So she was like, we're going to be down here. You should come with us, X, Y, and Z. I was like, Okay, so I was like, what are you going to school for? And she was like, well, I'm taking fashion merchandising. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. <laughs> you, you know? Yeah. And then she said, and I said to her, I was like, uh, what should I do? And she was like, fashion design. And I, and I literally said this to her. I said, that is a real major? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and she was like, yes. And I was like, are you serious? And she was like, yes. And she was like, you designed the whole show. Like you made half our clothes. Like, yes. And I was like, okay. And I'm going to tell you something special. <laughs> so, you know, all of this just happened, like literally drop of a dime. Right. Mm-hmm. And I told my mother and I was like, well, God, I, you know, just told me about all this X, Y, and Z. She told me about the school X, Y, and Z. And, and she was like, well, you know, she told me that I should just, you know, try to come and go for fashion design. And of course my mother already knew this is, you know, a, a backstory that I didn't know about my mother. Mm-hmm. And I said, she was like, yes, of course. You know, she was like, if you don't like it, then you can just easily just go to Morehouse. But she was like, wow. let me share something. She was like, let me share something with you. And I was like, okay. She was like, I wanted to go to school, you know, um, to major in fashion design. What? And I was like, what? I never knew this. And she said to me, she was like, I wanted to go to school. Um, it's a major in fashion design, but my father would not support me. Mm. Her father said that he would not sign no papers. He said that that's not a real career. It's not real. He will not go into debt. He will not risk for you to go and play in school. So my mother never went to college. My father, her father told her, go and just get a real job. So my mother went to social security and, and got a job straight out of high school. And she went to typing class because back in those days, you know, it's like a secretary, things like that. My mother did a lot of secretary jobs while she was in high school. So she got like a secretary certificate, like school, and then she got a job at Social Security, her first job. But she said that if her father would have supported her, she would have went to school for fashion design. Wow. And she told me that, yes, you have the talent. And I think that you would do far than it will will succeed in far greater than anything that that you expect. You should go. Wow! And uh, I, uh, within a week, I was accepted into the school, and it was a lot of paperwork, very fast. But private institutes work completely different. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
it's, like, it's give really it a us. business for them. Yes, mm-hmm. it's 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 processed extremely fast. A lot of essays, portfolios, interviews, like all of this happened in a week. But wow. to the point, I didn't think I was going to get in because it was so much, so quick. Um, but yes, they accepted me, and I was on my way, mm-hmm. and that's how I got into fashion design. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. You know, your mother, you know, was such just an integral part. And did I say that right, Rebecca? <laughs> we don't have to get that out. <laughs> I'm like, um, was just such a major part of your life and such an inspiration in so many ways. And thank you for sharing that story about her because, you know, I know how much, um, or I can only imagine how much she uh, and how much she does truly mean to you. Um, you know, I'm curious, like, what would you say is one of the, you know, biggest lessons uh, that you learn from your mother, not only about fashion, but also about life? Something that you keep with one, you. Okay. One of her favorite lines is that every dream has to be financed. Wow. That is so important. You always have to figure out like where this money is coming from. And usually half of the time, like you're going to spend more time figuring out the money than the actual dream part. But she was like, always keep that in mind. Every dream has to be financed. So figure out the money um, and the dream will unfold. Wow. That is in um, one of the biggest things is that she was my first investor. Wow. Like I, was very, I was very fortunate. Wow. That's and I believe it took, because for me, like it was just like I was born to the right to the right person. Like I can't be the right vessel because it took for her to be oppressed for me to fly. Mm. That is a word, Jetta. Writing that in the show notes. (laughs) It's going to be like a book. It's going to be like a pamphlet by the time this interview is over. (laughs) Oh man. Wow. Yes. I will be sitting on that one today. Um, So, <laughs> Your siblings. You have siblings, correct? Yes. Yes. Are they in the fashion business as well? Yes. Um, well, <laughs> like not now because the fashion business is not what it was. Mm. <laughs> we will um, get to that. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Um, but yeah, my brother for 12 years was a corporate exec. Um, on the fashion merchandising side um, at Calwood. Um, and my sister was in accessories. Um, but yet yeah, both of them, yeah, they, you, you know, said goodbye and good riddance. Like, wow. they did their bid and they, they, they're not turning back. Like, wow. no. And I, I think the only way to get them back would I guess if they have their own their own company, yeah, on their own terms. But the business as we know it um, will never exist again. 
um, you know, it's just evolution. Yeah. Things change. Where do you think it's currently going? Where, where, um, where it's going is basically where we are at, you know, small, which is great for me because, you know, I lived in the space. Um, you know, I'm just glad that now everybody can join me. <laughs> <laughs> so a shift from the larger brands and labels. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. All of that licensing, all, um, um, expanding to, uh, like, uh, a lifestyle brand, all of that. No big, the, the oversaturation. No, all of that. No, it, it, it's just too much. And it's not enough to sustain. Um, and not enough, um, you know, masses like market to keep it up. Like, no, absolutely not. Small is the way to go. Um, specialty, intricate, like one of a kind. It's so much that you can get, you know, at a drop of a dime that you really have to narrow the scope and focus on one thing, one direction and stay in that place and amplify that place, you know, to get people's attention. Like that is like the future. Wow. Like that is it. We didn't even talk about how in the world you ended up in New York. How did that happen? This is all good stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, start writing it down for the book. <laughs> um, well, just, I had one of those New York stories, like those, those things that just happened. So like a hole in the wall apartment. In- <laughs> No, unfortunately, no, I didn't, I didn't have that. Like, no, I had one of those like lucky stories, the, the right place at the right time with the right people. Wow. One of those type of New York stories. Um, before I came to New York, there was this designer competition called, um, by, um, Linden Day Associates. That's the company, publishing company that owns like all the black magazines, um, like black men's magazine, upscale, uh, black men swimsuit, black woman magazines. Like they have like, I believe like eight to 10 at the time, you know, now magazines are gone. Yeah. I was um, like, Ooh, haven't heard that in a while. <laughs> those names. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those, but you know, we're talking about now, like, like 20 years ago, you, you know? Mm, wow. Um, yeah. He's <laughs> going on two decades. In fact, oh, um, time flies. Uh, but uh, they had a modeling competition and they had a um, independent designer competition. And my friend um, that I went to college with, Beatrice, she did the modeling competition. And she knew that I was transitioning. They held, they held this competition in Newark. Um, but a lot of the associates and judges and the executive members are based in New York. Um, so my friend told me, hey, you, I just graduated from college, um, and she was like, "Hey, you're getting ready to transition to New York." And um, I said, "Yes, yes, yes." Um, and she was just like, "So, what's the plan?" And I'm like, "I don't know." At that time, I really believe that I was really going into the direction of to continue schooling overseas because I knew that I was going to end up in luxury. And if you want to be in luxury and really build a career, then overseas is the way to go. You know, um, the American market is about ready to wear sportswear. Uh, yeah. So I knew that luxury 
was going to be my place. And backtrack really quick as well is that when I was in college, my senior year, I was doing my senior collection. I had a professor. Her name was Cassandra Harris. She was one of my um, construction, sewing construction professors. And she told me that um, when I was graduate, because I only have an associate's degree, um, she told me, she said, listen, she said, a lot of people in your class do not have options. She said, but you have options. She says, your type of talent only comes once in a while. And she said, you might not know what you possess, but she said, I'm telling you what I know. She said, these are your options. She said, you can continue schooling. And she told me, she was like, you should really look into programs that have some type of, um, you know, crossroad, you know, the expect programs where you can do like four months overseas and then, you know, here, or you can just oh, go yeah. there, you know, for a year, you know, those type of programs. She said, you could do something like that because it's affordable. Um, she said, or she said, you have to go there because of the fact that you're going to be into luxury. Like it's nowhere else for you to be. Um, she said, or you can just go straight to New York and get an internship and get hired. She said, wow. you have the talent. She wow. said, you have the talent. They will take you. And because I learn by eye, what I see, I can pick it up quickly. And I mean, in school, like I was just soaking things up extremely fast, like 10 times quicker than anyone else around me. But also, you got to remember a lot of this stuff, what I, I, I learned and, and, and been conditioned. So, like, I knew a lot of small tricks and things like mm -hmm. that. And then they were um, teaching me um, proper foundation. That's what school taught me, proper foundation. And, uh, you know, when you work, you, you know, in sewing shops and things like that, you don't learn, like, proper foundation. Like, no, you learn all the tricks, like all the skill, all the skilled people, you know, techniques. Yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. Because Absolutely. they've been doing it so long, they, they're not, they're not going to do, you know, A, B, and C. No, they are working on, you know, Z, you know, <laughs> the <laughs> level skill of Z. <laughs> and you think you better pick it up. So better she's the one up. who told me. Right. So she's the one who planted that seed into my head that, okay, you can try New York, but I think I'm just going to go hit. New York just seems so big. So I was just like, you know, and I didn't think I was ready. I didn't know what type of talent that I possess. And I'm going to be honest with you, not at all. Mm. Um, so I was like, I'm just going to continue with school and go overseas. You know, my mother was, you know, she was like, whatever you want to do, I will help you out. Don't worry. Like, let's just figure it out. You just go. Um, so that's where I was going. And then my friend threw the, the wrench in the way. And she was like, hey, you should do this designer competition. Okay. So automatically, I'm going to talk fast, okay? <laughs> um, um, so I, I signed up. I did the competition, okay? Mm -hmm. This was the uh, six months before, like, I was getting ready to leave, like, to, like, really, like, look at semesters to go overseas, or six months if I was going to go to New York. I decided to, you know, make a, a, a little pit stop in, in New York and do this competition. Okay, in this competition... Kirsten, I did not even place in the top three. It, I'm going to tell you, the, that the first lesson that I learned, this is the first lesson that I learned in the industry. It's not about what you know. It's about who you know. Mm -hmm. Not about your talent. 
It's about your association. That was the first lesson that I learned from that competition. Okay. I'm just going to let you know that second place, it was a gown that had glued on feathers (gasps) and rhinestone. Glued? Glued, like hot glue. You can see like the residue. But that person, that designer, knew everyone. Mm. When I tell you, at that point, it's early. I'm not used to, you know, rejection. You you know what I'm saying? Like that was like like my first major like rejection, um, disappointment. Like I always excelled, you know. And and no matter what, me sizing up the competition, I already knew. No matter what, I was going to be in the 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 top three. No matter what, I knew what I had, and I seen the other the stuff. So I said, if I wasn't going to win, I'm definitely going to be in the top three. And I wasn't, okay? Mm-hmm. I was livid, okay? Extremely <laughs> upset. <laughs> Crushed. Beyond. Yeah. yeah. Beyond, right? Wow. Behind, I'm, I'm, packing up, I'm packing up my things. I'm just trying to get out really, really quick before I break down. Because I am angry knowing that someone with a garment of that quality was able to play second, but of my talent, didn't need to make the top three. So I am extremely angry and I'm just trying to rush to get out. Right. Mm-hmm. And the show producer comes to me and says, you know, I know you're really upset. You know, I understand. He was like, you know, I, I really want to exchange information with you. You know, the, you know, I think I can help you, you know, talk, you know, a little bit. Um, it's, I wasn't hearing, I didn't want to speak to anyone because anybody associated with that production clearly, I don't, if this is what you chose and you all are fine with this, I need to be far away from you. (laughs) In my mind, that's what I was thinking. But he said to me, there's someone that wants to speak to you. And he was like, I really believe that you should speak to this person. They, you know, he was like, they have a showroom in New York on 7th Avenue. And they work with a lot of emerging designers. And he was like, I really believe that this would be very beneficial for a talent like yourself. I'm just going to know everything that he said to me just completely just went into one ear and out the other. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. And I packed my things and then I just literally started leaving. Like so many people were stopping me saying, you know, like, saying of course. Me, like, oh my, you know, you were there's robbed. no meltdown, like, people- like a fashion meltdown. <laughs> Because in fashion, like there's so many asking, emotions. <laughs> yes, there's so many people that were, it was like at least like 300 people, two to 300 people at the show. And all of these people stopping me, just reminding me, I can't even get out. I am losing it. <laughs> wow. As I was walking out the door, the assistant of that showroom ran after me and stopped me. His name was Miss Cheesecake. He had a t-shirt line. Stop. He passed. Un- yeah, he passed. Un- unfortunately, he, he wow. passed maybe like 14 years ago. He was a sweetheart, but he was a, the assistant to that showroom. He ran after me and he said to me, what he said to me, he said, listen, he said, I need you to understand this. He said, I know you are completely, un- you are upset. 
He said, but more than half of those half of those judges, he said, are has been. This exactly what he said to me. <gasps> he said that they. This is why I said I, I oh love my this guy. Lordy. <laughs> he said that they are has been and out of touch of what is fashion. I will oh never forget this. Wow. He said that I am an assistant of um of a showroom on Seventh Avenue, and he said I, we work with emerging designers. And he said that he was just like, where did you get your clothes? Like, where did you get it produced? And I told him I made it. Mm -hmm. And he said, you have to come to New York this week to see us. (sighs) He said, I promise you, just please come and see us. And we can explain what you do. He was like, I cannot believe you made He was like, you made, he's like, you made those velvet corsets. I I made velvet corsets. um, It was um, chain mesh tassels and foxtails hanging from it. Like (gasps) on two of the looks. (laughs) Straight out of, straight out of college. Wow. (laughs) Multicolor, you know, sheer blouse that was color blocked. Um, neon orange, Ugh. green, and purple with the the corset fox. <laughs> and you lost to a dress with uh, hot glue all over it. With the hot glue, you wow. know, um, it was um, burnout um, silk chiffon jumpsuit. Yes, mm. yes, would um, and I have a picture of. I one think of it's coming my- back. Actually, I'm like, hold on a second. <laughs> yes. Of <laughs> the jump, the the sheer jumpsuit with um, gold metallic like embroidered lace on top of like this. Yes! Oh made. my god! <laughs> I live for a gold <laughs> embroidered leaf. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh my god! He said to wow. me, "He said you made those," and I said, "Yes." And like I told you before, I didn't know. I just made things that I learned. I didn't know the level of what I was doing. This is just what I did. And he said, you have to come. And I, and, and I told him that, you know, I'll think about it. Um, I'm thinking about going to school. I'm really not interested in, you know, in showroom or New York, or anything like that. And he was just like, you have to come. They hunted me down for two weeks, Kirsten. <laughs> Finally paid for me for a bus ticket to come to New York. I yes, sat down us. with them and he told <laughs> Yes. I okay. sat down with them and then and then they said that we produce emerging designers to show in New York Fashion Week. We start you off <gasps> with building you a portfolio. Yes, this is they said we start you off with, with build, building your portfolio, small promos, get people in here, basically um trunk shows. Get, you know, stylists and things in here, you know, get excited, build a little small buzz, see how people react. If people react well, then he said, then we are, we're start to push you to do like a smaller, um, um, joint, you know, collaboration, um, showcase for, with other emerging designers for New York. And we'll see how that, you know, the response from that, from how you do, and then we'll build you from there to have your own independent show and things like that. And that's how it happened. I wow. asked, okay. My, my mother talked me into it. My mother, she said, what do you have to lose? Because I told her, I, was, I said, no. I was just like, I don't want to, you know, pay retainer. This is money, you know, and things yeah. that I didn't understand. And I was just like, I don't want to waste. And I'm just like, listen, to me, $1,800 for, 
for three to four months. Wow. It was a lot of money to me. Absolutely. Back then. <laughs> yeah. My mother was my investor. Hmm. First investor. And she said, look, you have 500. I will cover the rest. She was like, I will cover the rest. She said, you know, um, if, if anything fails, she said, look, what do you have to lose? You can just go to school in six months like you were going to do. Well, within that first three months that I paid that retainer, I scored uh, five editorial polls. <gasps> yes. And, and, and Major. Yes. Wow. Just by stylists coming and looking at the pieces. Yes. Wow. Wow. And, and, then, and then within six months, I started Sean in New York Fashion Week. Amazing. And then the rest is his, and the rest is his. Wow. So that's why I said I really had one of those New York stories. Uh, yeah. yeah. Unlike <laughs> any story I've heard, my goodness, you get to New York, you're showing up Fashion Week, your products being, you know, featured in various <laughs> magazines. Like, what? That's like a designer's dream right out of school, representation, <laughs> even though you didn't want it. I mean... <laughs> It's a dream. No, and the whole idea had no idea of the significance. You I cannot with you. I cannot. It's like, oh, born into it. You know, yeah. it's sort of like you're rejecting your destiny, but your destiny keeps <laughs> pulling you like, no, no, this is what you're going to do. I love oh. So you have all of this, you know, success and, and you're moving along. Um, I know that you... <laughs> I know that you were on a show called mm -hmm. All on the Line with the Josie. <laughs> with Josie. Very unfortunate. You know, so if you could just tell folks, you know, what the show was about and, you know, what your experience, experience. was like. And just, and also just some of the key lessons that you learned from that experience as well, you know? Um... Okay, we're just gonna make it quick. I can't. I can't remember the network, but it's on a documentary network mm -hmm. um, that produced the show, and that um, and that was the only reason why I really signed up to do the show because mm -hmm. it was pitched to me that it was going to be more of a documentary ah. of of yeah independent designers oh, but wow. it really turned but it really turned out to be reality tv reality like a competition no not a, a competition but a lot of things was just made up oh i see and so what and was stayed. the actual uh, a lot of things premise of the, the premise show of the, okay the, the the premise of the show is that you, you meet with Josie, he becomes, you know, a, a fashion a, a advisor, which, oh, that was... And what was Josie, uh, where was Josie at that time? He was... He was, uh, I believe he was so the creative long. director of, he was the creative director of Elle magazine. At that time. And what year was yeah, that show? Like, it's been so I long. believe that was like 2009. Wow, jeez, I can't believe it's been that long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My yes. yes, time flies. Yes, I believe Ugh. that that was like in 2009. And wow. at that point, he was the creative director of L. 
Um, um, and he was doing like a lot of TV projects at the time. And I really did sign up because I thought that, you know, at first they had another host doing, you know, they, they reached out to me for, and I turned them down. Um, that, and there was nobody like really significant or associated with fashion, mm-hmm. you know, no major name. And after they pulled Josie onto the project, they reached back out to me, circle back around. Um, and, and then they had a whole storyline. So, you know, and then it was produced under another network. Um, and I can't think of the documentary, but it's a doc network. So it was really pitched as a documentary. The premise of the show is that you're going to meet with, um, Joe and these are designers that been in a business for a few years, five to 10 years, and basically hit a ceiling. So we're going to oh. revamp and relaunch. Like, you know, under the guidance, you know, of, um, with Joe. Got it. Like that, they, yes, that's what the show was supposed to be about. But then it, it just turned out to be reality TV. You know, you just got with Joe, they just staged a whole lot of stuff, prank stuff. And it, it, it wasn't really true to the and what it was. And, and you know me, I am a very real person. You know yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> I yep, no chaser. <laughs> None. And you know, I'm very I'm I'm not an industry person. You know, I'm not, you know, let's do coffee, let's do tea, you let's know, do it's brunch. crazy. <laughs> now that you're saying it, I'm like, you know what? You're not uh yeah, you're that you're right. You're not what people would view as an industry person, industry. but you're a designer you're- who happens to work in it. And that and you, that's exactly what it because you know everybody talks, they was just like wow you're just like home you're like a friend you're like comfort it's not no I'm very relaxed it's very comfortable like fashion isn't rocket science okay uh, yes it is yes it is don't you dare yes it is okay and a lion and a what it is a privilege and 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 um it's it's a joy because it's art yeah and people have to remember that it's objectable you know like it's um the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. It's True. so many ways to be interpreted, you know, like, so no, like when you start to say that it has to be this and this is what it is. And this is like the principle in this. No, no, no. To me, it, it turns too much into a business. Yes. Yes, it is a business, but you know me, I'm, I'm on the art side. Yeah, you know, and so it's you know it's it's, it's different for me. I'm I'm like a real person that works in fashion, like. <laughs> and you know what's so interesting? I you know y- you mentioned like you know something doesn't have to be this or that. You know, like the the very harsh labeling or this is in or not. Yeah. And I, you know, it's so interesting. You know, no one can do that with you particularly either because. I've always admired just how independent you've been like in in the industry and doing what you do, but also you're black and you're Muslim. Mm. Like what? And a designer. (laughs) What? (laughs) 
I was like, what kind of unicorn have I just met years ago? Go ahead and, and, and pull out all the receipts. <laughs> I mean, those are just the ones I know about. I mean, who knows? Like, I'm learning so much today in this interview. Things I didn't know about you before. All of these stories. Just like... Because uh, to me, I, I, I think none of those things matter to me. It's like... The, People and now in our business, it's about image, and mm. people build like all of this image to sell all of this stuff. It's just it bothers me. Like, don't talk, just show me, show me in your actions, show me in your work, and then you know I'm you know I'm I'm that person. And now with with social media, it really takes like narcissism to a whole nother level because of the fact of the way that you have to, you know, market, you know, your products and yourself. Like, oh, it's wild. anybody can, <laughs> yes, anybody can be anything, and people are everything in a split of a second. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, know, I'm so like, terrible I'm, at it. It took me like a good year when the selfie happened for me to even do one. Like, it just felt so strange to me. Kiers, Kirsten, you, you know me. I am, you know, I am. Maybe I'm getting old. Terrible. I don't know. <laughs> and, 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 and that's what I was saying. Like, and I'm, I'm just getting out of touch because I only post things when I have something significant to say or to share or to post or for, for work. And that's not how it's supposed to be. Like, yes, I understand it is a business. So you're supposed to keep content fresh all the time. It is just work. It's exhausting. And it's just, Whew. that's what it is. Shout out to <laughs> Megan, my social media uh, okay. manager. She's the bomb because I was just like, I can't. Like, I don't even, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, help, yes. help. <laughs> so, and, and I'm the same route. I'm at that point now where I just said that, listen, I'm just going to have to have an extra expense and I'm just going to have to invest in someone and let them do it because I just don't have the energy like wow. to do it. Yeah. Well, what would you say um, is the overall key to your success? I mean, you've always been like self-sustaining throughout your entire Okay. Career. Okay. So, okay. So for me to speak to um, the indies and the emerging designers, this is so important. And with, I'm going to circle back to my mother where she says that every, um, every dream has to be financed. Hmm. You know, um, I'm applying so that to that all is, aspects of my life. I'm writing that one down. Personal, professional, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because so, so, when we talk about the secret, People are like, you know, how did I weather the storm and how did I survive? And the truth is, it's because I have a million careers. Like, mm -hmm. we're going to talk real. Most people, like independent artists, um, emerging artists, do not really keep it real. They, they don't tell you the truth that, you know, they have two full-time jobs. You know, they don't tell you those things. You know, they don't tell you. They're just putting up, you know, content, you know, basically fake it till you make it type of thing. Yeah. Um, and, but, but that's not true. Like you really have to secure finances. So you really can't be just, you know, doing a collection that's just not selling. Hmm. Why would you do a collection period? And these, in this time, it needs to be capsule. If you're just starting yeah. out, oh, you need to really be focusing on like eight pieces Four looks. You need to really center it down. 
it's very expensive to produce, and then it's just hard to keep up with the market, especially since everything is so cheap now. Independent designers and emerging designers, it's expensive to produce this stuff when you're first um, starting out because you're dealing with smaller units, you know, to get made. The smaller the amount, you know, the more you have to pay in production. So that's why these huge conglomerate companies Mm. can put it so cheap, you know, with these products because they're doing hundreds of thousands of units of, you know, one item. So it's dirt cheap to get that produced. So they can bring that cost all the way down. But when it comes to independent designers, people please invest in independent. And yes, you pay more for them, but we have to put out so much to get those pieces made. So when I'm talking to them, for me, Kirsten, you know me, um, um, when I got stuck maybe in like around the 10th year of my career, someone told me that you're more than just a designer. You're just staying here, just designing. You know, you are just going into a deep hole financially. Use all of your talents. It's okay to step outside, you know, the color outside the lines. Like, if you can go into creative directing, do that. If you can do style, you know, assisting that pays well and it's with a a reputable name, do that. Um, if you can do consulting for emerging designers and you have the resources because you know all the ropes, then you do that. And I'm glad that somebody stepped in and said that to me. And then that's when I started to license my talent and really expand into all of these different facets in fashion because I really had the goods to deliver. And, you know, when I open to the universe that this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to say yes. Cause you know, many people reach out to me for all of these interesting, you know, projects. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always, in the beginning, I said, no, because you're a designer, designer, you're designer, you're supposed to have this look, you're supposed to have this, you're supposed to do this. Yeah. If you stay in there, it will bury you. Wow. As an independent artist, you have to think outside of the box. You have to be creative. And money is important. It has to be financed. So you have to do what you have to do. And that's really what saved me by expanding to all of these products. Not, not only did it save me, but it opened up so many other doors of opportunity that I never would have reached, you know, by myself. You know, I would need like, a lot of PR to get in certain doors in spaces that I have been in. Cause you know, I'm, I'm a pop, you know, the creme de la creme <laughs> with, so many, <laughs> with so many, you know, fashion directors, creative directors, international, you know, um, artists like, but all of this came from smaller projects, you know, specialty projects that put me into another space from another referral to another referral to another referral. Um, and this is important for, you know, these designers. They need to understand if you have the talent to do many things in fashion, then do it. That does not make you less of a designer. If you have wow. to take a break, a season, then you do it. Don't just put things out there because you're told that you always have to have content. No, you're wasting money and you're putting yourself to debt. Hmm. Take your time, put your project together. And like, you you know me, Kirsten, I do collections when it's warranted. Other than that, then I just do the, the, the specialty pieces of um, private clientele. 
but I'm not just putting out a collection just for show to keep up, you know, with the Joneses for people just to say I have a collection. Because the, the real talk is that I'm producing, like when I do Catholic collections, mine will be, you know, um, 10 to 15 looks. Mm-hmm. You know, really, people are only interested in like three to four. They're not wasting all of that money doing all the other things. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what independent independent artists really need to understand. Like, you have to understand like the business part, which is which is really true, and finance and figure that out how to keep the, the, the dream going. And one of my icons, and I'm, I'm so heartbroken that I didn't get the chance to meet him before he passed, was um, Ezzedine Alaya. Yes. Like, I use his career as my motto. Well, you know, we um, interviewed uh, Veronica Webb, and she was just talking uh, about how inspirational he was and just showing her the way and teaching her French and just such an amazing human being. So it just, it, it really, man, everyone, you just hear amazing ev- things. Yeah, everyone speaks how he was just so influ- influential in their lives and such um, a light and, and a changing point you know, to them. And just afar, you know, I followed his career. And, and that's because we share a lot of the things in, I'm just going to say, in, 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 in a racist business. Um, and, you know, and he really um, created a path, you know, he marched to the beat of his own drum. Um, and when he did it, and when he felt like it, and how he wanted to do it, Um, and, and that, like, I needed to see that, like somebody like me surviving in this business on an international, like a global scale, like domination, um, doing it, you know, your way, like he did that. And I think that independent designers and emerging designers should look up as a Dana Lyon, um, not his just work, but his story, his Mm. story. Is which is really yes. His his work is that's just a whole nother level. That's a whole nother call interview. <laughs> that's <check>. episode. <laughs> okay, that's we'll episode to lie for sure. <laughs> okay, that. But his story is extremely important for independent emergent artists of the African diaspora. Wow, and I look to that like i found that when i discovered him and first because it was a shocking to me because i heard of the name you know and then you hear of the the, the brand you know every right. uh, around you know so, but i was just like i never knew the person wow i never knew the man you know i, I never really knew the person um and then when I really got into it, and I was just like, how did I miss that? Because I know all the iconic looks, you know, but I, I never really associated. But once I learned the story, I understood. You wasn't going to see him everywhere, plastered up over everything. You, that was not him. It was about quality and not quantity. So that's what I learned. Um, And that's what um, independent emergent artists should know. And especially in today's world, that blueprint of what a designer should look like and be that's, 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 that's long gone. 
Okay, it, it is free range to be whatever you want today to create your own lane because of social media. And it's global. It's global because you're yeah, traveling yeah, yeah, all right. over the place. Like what, like how, how do you get involved with these projects? Like wh- what, what countries have you been going to? I saw you were in Morocco at one point. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just showcasing your designs okay. around the world. Uh, like, how does that happen? You know, do you have a favorite? Uh, it's almost <laughs> like we need to have a part two of this. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, Seriously. Um, um, long story short, first off, I'm going to, because, it, and it's, it's hard to make this, because this is very important. It's hard to cut this short. No, because, take your time. Take your time. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I'm going to talk because this has to do with um, systemic racism in a business. Mm-hmm. This also has to do with, you know, um, with, within our own community and um, in fashion, and I'm talking about African-American not supporting one another. The heartache uh, of, of that and what I learned in this business. Um, and why does this correlate with my international travels? Well, here's why, okay? When I first started in this business, I was doing very well. I would say around my third or fourth season, I mean, showing, I'm, I'm, I'm getting the press, but I'm not getting the support from the African-Americans in the business. Mm-hmm. And, and, and do I mean, you mean other designers? Do you mean executives? No, 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 no. I, I, I'm talking about executives. I'm talking about editors. I'm talking about, you know, showroom people. I'm talking about, you know, senior fashion execs, African-Americans mm-hmm. in the business gatekeepers because you know in, in that time that you had to go through channels to actually make the to reach the masses i call it the, the underground railroad <laughs> for the folks so, okay, who had information and would pass right, it along right, right. <laughs> right people don't know it's a lot of fashion mafias that's what we call you know? yeah <laughs> it's a lot yeah. of different fashion mafias at that time gatekeepers you had to go through those channels to make it through the masses the blessing today is that is direct consumer with social media it was not like that you know back then you had to go through those channels and i could not get the support from those gatekeepers they only are interested you know once they see that you can be some interest to them of their brands that they are associated with then they will extend an olive branch. But until then, they wasn't interested, for for prime example, the way that Anna was using the incubator to invest in designers, to build those designers, to have those brands. And then now she has those brands that support and invest her projects. I just didn't understand why they could not do that or couldn't understand that concept. It was Hmm. very hurtful to me. This is another reason why I'm really shunned away from industry type of folks. Mm. Because of that, you know, disappointment, door slam, um, calls, calls not returned, emails not answered. You know, even with the press that I was, you know, garnering, you know, the everything could not get them to come to the show. Wow. You send in second interns, like second assistants and things like that. Essence never came 
back in the, those in that time. And when they finally did come, I think it was around like I remember with Essence. Um, it, it I would say um, this was around two thousand and five or six. That was around like my sixth collection or fifth collection around that time. They finally sent the intern. Wow. Did you hear me? Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Okay. So I'm dealing with that. Okay. And then all of a sudden, the guy that I met in the beginning of my career, remember I said that. Oh, my goodness. um, Yes. Okay. Because, you know, everybody knows everybody's small business. They keep the same money. Right. He did a small production of, um, emerging shows too as well during fashion week in that time like his own production he was connected with an international um fashion charity called fema which is festival international de la mo african and they put wow. on the biggest fashion festival in, in in africa in niger and this festival is to bring designers of the african diaspora all over the world to bring awareness to the poverty and education of women and children in their country. Wait, what year was that? Year. That I believe was in two thousand. No, this was like in oh four. Oh four. Okay. This was like oh four. This is the first time. This was my first introduction, like major show on and on the continent. Like this wow. was my introduction to the continent of Africa was the, was FEMA and the country was Niger. And again, the name of FEMA is Festival International de la Mo African. Um, and he was good friends with the, the founder and designer of that organization. This producer name is Ron Cook. We're still good friends to this day. Um, he reached out to me and asked me for a favor. He was producing a show in D.C., remember, from Baltimore. He was producing um, um, the governors um, come from, like, a conference. All the um, governors come mm-hmm. to a conference in D.C., like, once a yes. year or twice a year, something like that. So for the governor wives that travel with them, they do, like, a lunching, a tea, and then they also have a budget, and he produces a, a fashion show for them. So fun. Um, a, a, a designer dropped out last minute. So he called me and he was like, hey, can you do me a big favor? Like, are you going to be home in Baltimore? Or you're around because I'm producing a show in D.C. Can you bring your collection? Like, I need, like, a plug. Like, you know, we're cut short to designers. But if you can come, that will really save me. I, I brought the collection and, and I came and I did that for him. Um, now, over the years, we have built a good relationship. Um and I gave that. I, I did that for that show. In that same show that he did, the owner of FEMA, Festival International de la Mont African, sent his collection, because he's actually a French-African designer as well, oh, sent wow. his collection to the States for that governor's you know, um, show, for, for the, the fashion show. And when the producer, Ron Cook, sent that tape, when the show was over, a month later, he sent a copy of the show, the DVD, to the, 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 the designer. The designer name is Alfidi, and he's the owner of, you know, of the, the nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And when he's seen that and he's seen my collection, he said that I have to have that young man, whoever he is, I have to have him to come 
and show in my production in this year. Wow. He seemed unclothed, and he was just like, I don't know who that is and why I had not heard of him. But And so his assistant called me, and they booked the trip completely, all expenses paid for, and sent me with a travel elazar. Do you hear me, Kirsten? Um, well, hello. <laughs> yes. Because, you know, Niger is really Niger, but, you know, it's mm-hmm. colonized by the French, so it's mm-hmm. pronounced Niger. Um, and it's, it's 99, you know, 0.9, you know, French speak. I don't speak French. Mm. So, of course, I need somebody to travel with me, to, you know, that could translate and, and can be comfortable. Yes. Wow. And, and they sent that. That was my introduction, too. And when I got there, what he explained to me was, he said that, because at that time, I think I was like 24, 23. I was really, wow. really young. And I looked like I was like 17, 16. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> he said to me, he and, and then he had two productions. He, that he had a, um, an emergent. Um, production and then he had the senior um show of like designers that's been producing like 20 plus plus years he wow. put me in that show he put me in <laughs> that show with all the senior um designers and he said to me that he said i had to have you here because you are the future he said we have so many we have a new demographic of young black you know African, you know, people of African diaspora that are really coming to the festival. And he was like, what you are creating and what you represent is the future. He was just like, your talent. He said, your level of talent, I have never seen. He said, I've never seen that before. He said, people, because at this time, he's been in the business for like 30 years. Hmm. You know, and he was just like, and and, and, and he, I, I, I don't know how to pronounce the Couture Council, but he's a part of the Couture Council uh, in France. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Hall, Hall Couture. Yes, I don't know how to pronounce the name of the council, but yes, he is a member. Yes. Um, and he said to me, your level of, um, of talent, he, he was just like, you are the, the future. And me being there, the way that I was like embraced, and uplifted mm-hmm. and people invest in me. That was the first time. And I said, I, I, I shared this only to like very close people, but so I, I, but I said, that was the first time that I realized my talent. Wow. And it took me to travel. It took me to travel 4,000 miles across the world, across the world to understand like my value hmm. whereas in new york i have this talent and it's just stepped over spit on and overlooked by my own people by my own that's why i, said I had to bring this full circle kirsten by my own people in the business it took me to travel over there these people have been in the business 20 plus years Okay, 20 plus years, world-renowned designers, all embracing me. But you know what's so interesting? Um, It seemed, you know, just because of, you know, everything that's been going on 
in the country, Black Lives Matter, you know, the pandemic. It just seems like, you know, it, the, the industry really felt the pressure along with many other American institutions. And now it seems like everyone is gung-ho about supporting Black designers and Black talent in the fashion industry. Um, what are your thoughts on, on that shift and what's happening now, you know, given your prior experience? You know, there's just so much pain there. Hmm. You know, for me, that it, it, it does not affect me personally because I survive without, you know, without the support and without the help, you know, made my own space. Yeah. Because I realize because I realized the the truth that they are not interested, you know, in me or investing in me and unless I can bring, you know, or uplift their brand or bring something major to their table. And and if that's what you want, I'm not interested. When you but say they, the flip, are you referring to the industry? Yes, I'm 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 referring to the industry, yes. And more importantly, our people, African Americans. You know, people are, you know, in, in, in the business. That's who, more importantly who I'm talking about. Wow. That, that's, what, that's who I'm talking about. Um, because now, like you said, it's trending. So everybody feels safe and comfortable to celebrate. You know, now they want to come out. And cancel culture. You'll get canceled yeah. real quick if you're not, yeah. <laughs> if you're not yeah. behind yeah. Black people you, you, or black talent, <laughs> you uh, will get uh, okay, canceled like, right now. <laughs> you know, one thing I, I wanted to say is that, like, I remember, like, people don't understand, like, what we have to go through. I remember my third show in Fashion Week, and this is even with my, my own showroom. I, I will never forget this. My third show before when we had this is show when when I say show I mean New York Fashion Week. My my my, my third um New York Fashion Week my, my, my um I don't know what year I can't remember. I know it was the third or the fourth. What happened was is that before we did the higher runway, mm-hmm. you know when you have the lights on you and it's dark, you can't see anyone. Nope, can't see anybody. Nope. Nothing in the <laughs> audience, right? So Absolutely. the third or fourth one we did something creative and we put it on the floor. We put the show on the floor and it was a, a box and the models walked in a certain type of path, creative way on the box. And basically the seating was like risers around like in the box. You, you understand? But oh, it was wow. essentially yeah. on the floor. Yes. So this is the first time that I actually could see people's reaction in their face. You know, and like because, you know, they are floor level and higher than me. So now I can actually see them. Okay. At the end of the show, you know, I came out to do my bow, and you know, people you clapping and cheering and um, things like that. But I noticed that it was a lot of people that were shocked. Okay. Wow. Like uh, a weird looking like face, like the shock face. A lot that I caught it right. Um, after the show, usually like three days later, I have the meeting with my showroom to follow up 
you know, about press, all of that type of stuff, you know, the follow-up meetings. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we have lunch, you know, all, all companies, you know, we all have that. Um, so I brought that up to them. And, and I said to them that I noticed, I was like, so what was like the reaction? Like, how was it? I was like, I was a little nervous because I noticed that a lot of people were shocked, you know, you know, like their faces were shocked. So I said, I didn't know how to interpret it. Um, and they said to me, well, we get that reaction a lot from you in the beginning because a lot of people didn't know that you were black. Wow. Hmm. And not just that, it continues. And they said to me, and it was like, you know, also too, when, when we do your promotion and marketing, we leave all of that out. Like, you know, it, you know, we just focus on the collection and the brand. And they were just like, you know, the good thing is, is that, you know, you have an Islamic and, you know, an Islamic name. So a lot of people don't know. So, you know, that really works in your favor. Yeah. Absolutely. Kirsten, you know, previously Kirsten Holtz, you know, they didn't know yeah. what was coming through the door, <laughs> but, you know, but, but Kirsten, it's, mm. it's like a, 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 a double hand sword. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, like it's, yeah. it's, it's like, yay, but it's an insult. Yes. So, you know, like the mental that it, it puts on a black design, you can't be celebrated for yourself that this is what we have to do to market you. Hmm. Like, so when people talk about, like when people talk about this in third inch, like they never think that like it relates to me. And I'm like, you have no idea like what I had to go through and endure to be here. But also what I, I did is I stopped that. Like I said, no, like we have to market me. Wow. Like that was brave. You know, like we have, and and yes, it was a lot of push and, you know, pull on it, but I started to do things where it talked about black culture, you know, or design things and stuff like that. Like you, you have to do that. Like that. Yeah. My name is black culture too. If you want to know the history of it. Uh Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Getting like, schooled today. <laughs> you, you know, like, you know, uh, like I, I had to. So, yeah, wow. so uh, just bringing this all like into like full circle is just the fact that today, like, yeah, things are caught up. And, and yes, I am happy that people feel more free, you know, to engage and be more supportive and be more informed. But that doesn't affect me. I'm still giving like, a side I, eye though. I'm still giving a, a digital side eye to those of you. And you know who but, you are, who were but, not but, but, down, but, you know but all of a sudden you got your fists in the air. And that's it's why I, I, I say, <laughs> but you know, but you know, but, but no, really it's not, it's not cool. It's and, not and, cool. And that's what, right. Like but the really, pain it, 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 and disappointment it, is being released. Right. On, on our end. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, because at the end of the day, we still know that they're closeted. Like you, 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 you still are the same way, but you're going to ride this wave, 
you know, because it's trending and you can benefit from it. And I mean, you know, it could be for some people, it's a form of survival, you know, especially coming out. No, 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 absolutely. You know, it's not an easy industry to be in. And, you know, I just a really great uh, conversation that we had with um, Bonnie Morrison, just talking about, you know, when you're sort of in those environments, you know, some of the behaviors, it's like, we have to own and take responsibility for, you know, our actions in that time. And, you know, show, we got to show some grace, you know, but at the same time, you know, take responsibility, like, Hey, you know, that wasn't, you know, my best behavior, but it was, you know, I was trying to survive, you know? Um, So that makes total sense. You know, but, 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 but but for for me, mm-hmm. no, I I won't accept that. Mm-hmm. Too many people sacrifice too much for you to get to that position, that level, and 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 and, and act with, with that behavior. No. No. Like, you know, like... Oh, and the behavior it, it, it wasn't just, specified. It was just, you know, it was a overarching... It's a culture. ...thought yeah, yeah, about the culture. You, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, that was the... Because, you know, they just really assimilated to, fa- to you know, mainstream fashion culture. That's mm-hmm. because that that is the culture, you know. But no, like, no, I, I, I won't. Like, I, 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 I just won't. Because you can't get it back. Mm. Like that hurt to those. It people, hurts to yes. those creators. To those creators, you cannot get that time back. Those missed opportunities. So many of us. So many of us. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's in some of the interviews. I'm just like, oh wait, you felt like there was a ceiling too. Like you felt like yeah. you couldn't move up too. All right, you know. And you <laughs> like, know what? And, and that's what I'm just saying. Like I am, I'm absolutely fine. Like I understand mm. the society that we live in. Hmm. I'm way harder on our own people. Like I won't accept it. Like I won't say I won't take the apology. I won't well, where no, do you think? No. Where do you think? Where do you think we could go now to, you know, be better moving forward? And and like, how can we move forward from this? Um, I just to me, I just you, as for, black for people those, in fashion. But, uh, okay, right. Okay. So it's so different now hmm. because you really don't hold any weight because the, the see before the business was set up that you had to go through certain channels to become successful. You, you understand? Yeah. Now you don't need that. That business, doesn't, you don't need them to become successful. So it doesn't even hold any weight anymore. Those uh, institutions are falling. Now you understand what I'm saying to you? Got it. it. They need us. They need the masses. They need what's next and what's new to hold up those institutions. And the dollars. Nobody, <laughs> yes, and the dollars. You, you see what I'm yeah. saying? Because nobody is going there because of so much competition. And, as, you know, direct to consumer, we don't need you anymore. Yeah. It has... It, 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 
that's what people fail to realize. And that's just what a lot of people, you know, we really can reach. We really about to hit some stuff. A lot Uh-oh. of people talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, this is part three. <laughs> but, you know, we're just gonna give the month of February oh, to Jenna, I guess. You, you just yes. the full month of February. This will be module number because four. <laughs> are celebrating a lot of the appointments of people of the African the African diaspora, Black people. You know, to higher, you know, to higher executive levels, and I'm like. It means nothing now. We always are given opportunity once shit is burned to the coast. I'm sorry. I don't know if I can stop. That's fine. Once, okay, <laughs> once things are burned to the ground, you see, then it got me. <laughs> it got me a little agitated out. But once things are already, you know, burnt to the ground, then we're, we're given what's left, left over. Hmm. When it means nothing, no significance. All of these companies are all falling to the ground. Oh, sure. When nobody else wants the job, then we hire them. Hmm. No, I'm not impressed. Quite (laughs) frankly, I have, I mean, wow, just all the diversity and inclusion people that have been hired over the past year is just (laughs) phenomenal. And high five to brand this. Finally, finally, Harlem Fashion Row is getting... Getting the, okay. the funding and everything that it deserves. But you, you, Bravo! But, but you, and, 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 and you know, like I'm, I'm Woo. happy for individuals. Yeah, like, like been in the game for a long time, and nobody was yeah, and, and, really and, looking yeah, and, their and, way. And be, yeah, and yeah, and because of things are now trending, she can get proper funding. But yes. you know, my thing is, is that you know, because she is an independent. Yes. You know, that business, that's more of what I'm I'm proud of. Absolutely. Like, that is the future. I don't care of, 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 about mainstream. No, I, I, I don't. I only care about, uh, you know, us. And, and, and that's the truth. That's been, that's been 90, like 95% of my income, my success. So, really? y- y- yes. Look at you circulating the black dollar. Look at that. Okay. Kirsten, not just that. You asked me about the countries, okay? Yeah. So the countries has has been from what? In Italy, France, Spain, London, Mali, Morocco, Niger, Angola, um, Cape Town, almost almost all the West Indies. Wow. What I know I'm missing more. And, but but let me let me tell you, all of these are all fashion projects, okay? Wow. All of those fashion projects were paid from companies of African diaspora, of wow. black people. Every last one, ex- except for I think one, mm-hmm. every trip was paid for all expenses. Do you hear wow. me? Wow. So when people talk to me, that's I'm just completely different. When they talk to me and want to look at, you know, as you know, the Af- the like I say, African diaspora, because it's us globally. I know about us globally, global talent and excellence. So when you talk to me and tell me about what we don't have and what we can't do, I'm a prime example of it. So no, I, I don't care uh, about Eurocentric mainstream fashion 
because they didn't invest in me. Mm. So, and before we had social media where you could see actually like African town, African, like, fashion yes, excellence, like Christy Brown, you, you, know, <laughs> you, you said, I'm saying, like before, right. Before people could not see, I was there. Wow. To, to see like, and, and people ask like, why are you always, that's why I was going back. And arise, you know what? We got. We have to give a shout out to arise. Uh, rest in peace. I know it's not still being printed, but when that came out in 08, like to the states, and they did the big reveal at Fashion Week. I mean, I was just blown away. But then, Whoa. unfortunately, like a, a, a lot of black businesses, they sell out to us, and, and they did that behind the scenes. Oh, so I was, was really just, disappointed. It was with such that. a beautiful magazine. It was and and great articles yeah. on Chinese African relations that I've never forgotten my, in my in my entire life. It's just just beautiful. It was such a beautiful magazine, but uh, but, but oh well. yes, but yeah. So, so <laughs> like for for me, like we are so behind. Hmm. Like we are so behind and that's because we're so full of ourselves but our industry is just playing catch up to the world hmm. like we are we are so behind and that's because the old guard is trying to hold on you know to the last remnants of what fashion used to be hmm. and it would never be that anymore never but yeah, so when we, when we talk about like what's new and all the trending, like yeah, with other people like yay excited, like no, because I know it is a global world of fashion for us that is doing amazing things, and that has invested in my career the whole time. So I'm like, yeah, we got a lot, a lot of work to do here, and we have to stop looking for handouts from mainstream fashion and if we would just invest in ourselves um is it kind of reminds me of what tyler perry was saying in black Hello? af on netflix <laughs> i love that show i know there's been like mixed reviews but the part about um instead of asking to sit at the table i decided to build my own table and i i may be wrong with the exact words but that really no no but, the, but with no me. but that oh that he was talking it. about the oscars and you know oscars so white and you know yeah all these yeah. folks who were just like you know in an uproar but he was just like you know what while you guys are over here you know in an uproar well, I, i'm gonna I, go build the table i think it says that um African-Americans spend $2 billion in luxury goods year annually in the United States. Wow. There, there isn't no reason why we should have any problems on, you know, building goods. No reason. So, but now, you know, people still, you don't want to celebrate because Vogue gives a board to, you know, to African-Americans or to extend, you know, exclusivity to people of color. It was oh, a little please. thin. I'm not going to lie. It was a little thin. <laughs> and, I was, you, but, but, and I was but, kind of like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm reading Essence magazine, but not. And it was just a but, very weird feeling. 
it's it, because it it's not genuine. Hmm. They are forced. You understand? Like they are forced. It isn't genuine. Those intentions are not genuine. And like from from most of you know these institutions, it is not genuine. It's forced. This is about business. Now you have to do it because it's on trend. Hmm. And they already know, like, once the gates open, you can't change. So now they just have to figure out how to operate in this space. Because the they want to keep their lights started on. It. The internet started it, and then social media oh, yeah. just knocked it over. <laughs> you know? Done. Knocked yeah, it over. It's, 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 it's done. Hmm. So, 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 so tell me what's next. How, how are we closing and how are we wrapping up? <laughs> are you kicking me off of my own show? You know, I have a list here. Oh no, I know you are not oh, kicking me off oh, of my show. Oh, We're only like, uh, I came prepared oh. with questions and most of them oh. you answered on your own or you okay. can segue into oh, your own. Okay. So it's a good flow. Okay. Well, bring it on. Bring it on. I'm ready. Bring it yes, on. I mean, Literally, I only have two questions left because we hit on most of the points. Um, But essentially, well, actually three. So what does success look like to you personally? Happiness. That's simple. Freedom. Don't don't knock my don't knock don't knock my question talking about easy. (laughs) Rebecca, you can cut that out. Or John, Rebecca, you guys can cut that one out. Jeez. <laughs> On to my last two. I can't with you. All right. No, but and I mean, because, uh, okay, no, okay. For prime example, you said like, uh, what, what does success look like for me? Yeah, because it's I so said, complex, so, you know? No, but, uh, but it, it really isn't. Like for me, um, one thing that I learned, okay, because now you're going to make me break it down into detail. Well, because what I learned in fashion, is, like in fashion, people are like, oh, you're successful if you have a brand, if you are, you know, in a magazine every and, month, or if you, you're you know selling double-digit self-throughs, you know. And, and and that's exactly what I was getting ready to touch on to you. Mm-hmm. Exactly what I was going to say. Like most way. people, <laughs> yes, most, I, I, I learned this to my career, well, an elder you know, pointed this out to me when I was struggling is that the fact that, and I think I might have shared this with you is that in, in, in American culture, it's a a self abusive culture. Like we are conditioned to live on a timeline and that if you do not hit like certain achievements at a certain timeline, you deem yourself a failure. (gasps) You're speaking to my soul right now. Continue. Yes. Okay. So in a point in the middle of my career around like the 11th year, this is before I did that show. This is before I did the show. So this is around like the 11th year, 10th or 11th year. Um, I started to hit the, the, the glass ceiling and I was just like, I, I have done all of these things why can't I move to the next level? Um, and it really, um, I start to compare myself to my contemporaries. Um, and to me, I'm just like, if they can have this, why don't I have X, Y, Z? Why, why not? Blah, blah, blah. And for an example, that just leads into a slippery slope of depression. Okay. Been there. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. Okay. A lot of people can, can relate to this. Um, and so that's when an elder, one of my trips, you know, I was overseas in, in Africa. I think I was in Niger. This was like my second or third time going back to the country this, that time. And he told, that's what he was explaining to me about American culture and why he had to leave. And he said he had to come back home because he said it was American culture. is like prison to him. Hmm. He said, it's just so many rules. It's so many restrictions. It's so many limitations. And, and he was just saying, it, it's just, it's just so much of, you know, like he was like, you're not living. You're just bred to work. And, and, and he said to me that my problem is, is that he said, you, I couldn't see the beauty in what I have accomplished and what I have. The only thing I'm complaining about is what I don't have. And he said that I'm comparing myself and that's why, you know, I'm going in, you know, to depression. He said, because no one is alike. And we are bred in the States that if you're at this level, you're supposed to have this. And he said, that's not true. So he said, these are un unrealistic expectations that you set up for yourself. And, and this is when my thought process started to change. And he said, I had to get rid of all of that. He said, you continue to work. He said, when you work, things happen. But me first, he said, stop working towards those things. He said, first off, what makes you happy? He said, figure out your purpose and figure out what makes you happy. He said, and then work towards that. He said, as you work towards that, things will unfold. Stop thinking that you can control everything. You can't. He said, you can only can work towards it. And um, that is what changed. I really started to work outside the box of everything or what I thought a designer was and what the designer is supposed to be and what you're supposed to have and the image and all the BS that comes around it. I changed all of that. Um, and that's because of that I was creating my own cell, my own prison with unrealistic expectations. And then I started to work towards happiness. And that's why when you said, what is success to you, whatever makes me happy, that's what I just want to be happy and to be free. That's why I just, I gave you the short answer, but I had to go through all of that to get to that. Uh, wow. <laughs> oh, dear lord let me hold it together because that was a word and it's it's you know in the black church when when you hear uh, something multiple times you're like oh i just got confirmation well that was a yes. confirmation for me and it also gave me peace to know that you know somebody else has also gone through that and it's so i i don't think we've ever talked about that that no, moment in your because, life. But, no, yeah. And, uh, you know, um, one thing, uh, the, the thing about controlling, because what he said just makes sense to it. Remember, he was talking about that. A big problem that we have is that if things are not going, he said, life is about change. There's always mm -hmm. going to be a wrench thrown into the plan. He said, you have to accept the change and go with the change. And, and, and a lot of times we fight that. 
And, and, and that's what I started to do. So yes, I have plans and, and I start to work towards things that's you, you know, the projects that I have, but it constantly changed. But now today I'm at a space to realize that this is, it's supposed to happen this way and just work with it. Don't work against it. So yes, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say to you, and that's why I said to you, I'm not going to say that this is what I want. This is my ideal. And I need to have this. Yeah, I do have a grand scheme and a grand picture yeah. of what I want. <laughs> well, I mean, you but, live in New York, of course. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you do have ideal goals that you want to hit, you know, along mm. the way. But it constantly changed. So it's nothing that I can say that that's what I want. I know at the end of the goal, that, that goal is to get to happiness. Mm. That's what I want. Happiness and freedom and, and, and a more important service. That's that too. I, I, I missed that part. Like service. Wow. Like that's a big part. Like there is so much like of what I want, what I went through, like be the change that you want to see. Like I want to fix those things that another individual coming behind me don't have to suffer the way that I did. So me serving with my purpose makes me happy, gives me the freedom. That's why I was saying to you, a short answer, which is happiness. <laughs> you know, we like the long responses on this show. I know. <laughs> I was, we're, we're going I was, in, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, let me put yes. my Oprah Winfrey so, hat on. <laughs> what do you know for so, sure? <laughs> yes, I, I do. You know, I, I just want to put out because I noticed too that throughout my career, don't say exactly what you want to do until it is set in stone <laughs> and paperwork is done. And, <laughs> and you know what? Kim Kardashian actually said that her mom, that was the best advice her mother ever gave her was do not announce something before it's finished. Like before yes, it's ready and, to and go. Trademark, <laughs> yes, and the copyrighted and, you know, but I'm working on a global scheme to remedy the things that I went through. So talents behind me don't have to. And that's the Wonderful. best way. So a global pipeline, network. Pipeline. Okay. Yes. <laughs> just okay. tell me, just tell me which country we're going to for the live podcast show. Just just yes. tell me which country <laughs> I'll be there. I'll because be there. you know I have some fabulous <laughs> international friends. Okay. Yes. Doing, I'm doing major things i'm really switching it and i'm like these all these people all of us in all these places across the world need to come together and we need to work instead of working in separate you know um festivals and separate conference coming yes, together conference like i don't understand why it's like 10 15 different festivals and conferences this needs to come together so yes I'll be, I'll be waiting. I'm excited. Yeah, okay. So, 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 oh my so back to my happiness. Love yeah. it. <laughs> You're like back to my happiness. <laughs> <laughs> back to my, that's my, that's my happiness. Okay? I love it. Oh my, well, thank you. That's so powerful. Um, and of course this is a fashion moment and I always conclude by asking what is your favorite 
fashion moment of all time. It could be personal, professional, or both, or even something that you observed that was, you know, very impactful and powerful for you. It could also be frivolous. We've had people talk about their outfits one day. You know, it could really, it really varies. <laughs> no, I, I, no, no, you, you're going, um, you only get it like, you're going to relate to this. Um, because I, I think about that young man that just got to New York to fashion, like the first time the fashion week and going to fashion week like, you know, the shows and events, Mm -hmm. like you, you can't describe like only people that experienced that first time understand. It was just, it was a whole nother world. I remember that, like that feeling like, and you know, times you only get a first time to experience something for the first time. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it was, I remember that person and, and, and I always like, like the world beats you up. You know, when you first get to, you're like, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. And you go through it and it beats you up. But I always, when things get tough, I remember the first time like going to New York fashion week. Uh, yeah. And I mean, the back then it, it turned into something else. Like, and, you know, later on down here, it's just marketing and, no, but back then, like all of the, you know, just the, the industry people, the lights, the, the runs on the shows, and because um, the run of the show, because we had, you know, um, inside of friends, we go backstage and, you know, the running of the racks, the models running in and out, the chaos. It was so much energy, you know, and I was like, like I made it like this is fashion. Yeah. Like that, like, I can't just like people like, you know, that feeling because uh, you were there. Yeah. So <laughs> ama- I mean, whew, I, the, the, I was like, how did this know, black girl from Colton, California end up yeah. at the tents? You know, and, and like when you went to like your first major show, and all this chaos and hundreds of people being followed in and everybody loving and kissing one another and talking and chatting. And then all of a sudden the lights go down. It's, it's a feeling. <laughs> you know what yeah. The lights just go down and it's quiet as a mouth. And then boom, the music hits, the lights go up. The girl comes out pumping down the pumping down the one like she's galloping yes, like those walks. and her, her hair is like yes like, <laughs> <sighs> I get chills thinking talking. about it now yes, <laughs> yes like that I, I, I would never forget my first fashion week moment like I would never forget that like right Hills, like you're just gasping like she hit she turned that corner it was you know you know being in the business mm. that first girl is very important very the first model yes. is very the, the, the first model and the closer is very important in our business yes mm. they you have to pick the person the the, the perfect girl 
you know, to, you know, to bring that, that, that look, that theme, that aesthetic to life. It is so important. Um, like everybody has to understand what the collection is by that first girl, that music, that light. It's, it's nothing. So yes, that Kirsten, when I get in, in my down moments and I get, I think about my first fashion week experience and the dreams that I had and the visions and aspirations and so much joy. Like it was, it was no, it, you, you know, you're just fresh and you're innocent. It was no boundaries. Anything is possible and you're just there and it's just magical. And then also, you you know, I'm short. I'm five seven five eight. Those <laughs> girls in heels are like glamazon. <laughs> okay, and you know Fabulous. the sand. You, yes. know, the, you know the the, the sand, You know the higher the heel, the closer to God. So you know we put those, we put those girls, and they just pumped. They were just like angels to me. Th- that's that is that's my that is my goal. I love it. The fashion moment. That's that's my fashion moment. Well, thank you so much, Jetta, for being on the show. I cannot wait to see what you do next and and all the amazing projects that are just really down the road. And thank you for inspiring all of us and educating us in this conversation. But, you know, and also, too, I just I I really want to speak to you know, the indie designers and the emerging designers, because, you know, that's my heart. Like, that's my place. So it was important for me to be honest for them. Absolutely. Thank you. And you're welcome back anytime. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. Now it's time for my favorite segment where we get to hear from you, our listeners, about your favorite fashion moments. My name is Ashley J. Williams, and I'm a visual artist based out of Washington, D.C., and I work out of a home studio that I share with my partner and fellow painter, Anthony Lay. My fashion moment was dyeing my hair green about three years ago, and this has transformed my life and my fashion sense. A little backstory real quick. Uh, When I was a teenager, I was very interested in fashion and enjoyed expressing myself through how I dress. I even wanted to study fashion in college. However, growing up, I also struggled with an eating disorder for over a decade, which uh, left me as an adult with a lot of set ideas about who I thought I should be and what I thought I should look like. Basically dyeing my hair green for the first time and looking into the mirror, I felt unburdened by the expectations of my body that have always plagued me. I had spent literally zero time or energy creating rules and regulations for green-haired Ashley. My green hair doesn't seek to please anyone but me. It is a way I can express myself in my unique fashion, feeling untethered. It's wholly mine and mine alone. I don't have a litany of preconceived notions of what green-haired Ashley should or shouldn't be, what she should or shouldn't weigh. My green hair makes me feel free, and I've actually been incorporating green-haired women in my work as well. Thanks so much for joining me for this week of A Fashion Moment. 
If you like what you hear, we'd love for you to join our community of listeners and spread the word about the show. We also want to hear from you. Share your favorite fashion moments and dream guests with us by sending an audio clip or email to a fashion moment podcast at gmail.com. Or you can tag us on Instagram at a fashion moment and you could be featured on next week's episode. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review and let us know what you think. Until then, see you next time for another fashion moment. Podcast production by Rebecca Rashid and John Taylor Williams. Digital media production by Megan Porras. This recording carries a Creative Commons 4.0 international license. Thanks to Patrick Patrickios for their song, Hot Coffee.